Uh... <laughs> <laughs> How was your reaction? I mean, it's a it was a cacophony of various emotions all trying to express <laughs> themselves exactly. all at once. Uh huh. And you know yeah. everything everywhere all at once. Great movie, by the Dude, way. Fantastic movie. That's basically what the internet has become because of this <laughs> SmackDown. This SmackDown is historic. And we gave it to Birmingham, which is fine. We gave it to Birmingham. Okay. Ah. Birmingham gets a historic SmackDown. All right. That's fine, I think. Oh, man. Go ahead. Sorry, Mike. I'm talking over you. Do the lead. <laughs> no, now that I think about it, John, you are correct. Right. I was from- like, this was from Birmingham. I was just like, what a place to pick. You know what? But that's neither here nor there. Hi, Internet. <laughs> And welcome to the Biconics YouTube channel. <laughs> welcome back to another rendition of the Friday Night Faction Review, where me and two other random dudes on the internet that love <laughs> professional wrestling get together and talk about the smacketh of downs for mm-hmm. WWE. And we're talking about specifically the history-making SmackDown that came from all the way from Birmingham, Alabama, that took place on Friday, February 2nd, 2024. This is going to go down. It's, we're barely into the first week of <laughs> February, and things have gone bananas. Can you ima- imagine in 20, 30 years when they do the retrospective on like Cody Rhodes' career or The Rock's career, there's going to be a section that goes, one night in Birmingham, Alabama, everything <laughs> would change. It's there forever now. Like, oh my gosh, Really? Nothing against Alabama, although everyone I've ever met from Alabama hated living in Alabama. That's I'm not judging you, Alabama, but I'm judging you. Yeah, there's some stuff to be said. <laughs> but I mean, claiming, that's you, you know, you finally have a positive claim to fame. It only took you. Well, this isn't really positive, I guess. Um, <laughs> so, sorry, I don't mean to dig a hole in the internet. Uh, no, it's fine. <laughs> So we were we were talking before we started. How should we do this? Do we, we kind of want to talk about obviously what we need to talk about, but there was a lot more than happened than just what we need to talk about. Right. So the way that we're gonna go about this is because we wanna still cover everything else that was non last 20 minutes of SmackDown related. And, and there was some good stuff. There was some good stuff, yeah. and you know, outside of the last 20 minutes, there are some stuff that is setting up for you know, WWE's next PLE, which is Elimination Chamber coming up in a couple weeks, which we'll talk about in a little bit. We got some debuts, some new signings mm-hmm. for SmackDown, specifically yeah. in the women's okay. division, which makes me super happy to talk about. We got another match set for WrestleMania, to, you know, on the women's side tonight. So we're going to go through all those things at a brisk pace. We're still going to talk about it because sure. then... We're going to get into the meat and potatoes of this whole entire thing, which was the last <laughs> 20 minutes, which has, if you've been living under a rock for, you know, in the wrestling internet community and somehow have found a way to manage to avoid everything that is happening, uh, we are going to be your tour guide through the wasteland that is currently yeah. the burning fires of the internet wrestling community right now. I think that's actually a good way to put it. If you're if you're watching this, you already know by now what happened. We're just sort of piecemealing things that we've noticed and seen over the last 48 hours. <laughs> Which is going to be very interesting to talk Goodness. about. But yes. let's let's just get into it. 
So I'm not going to give too much detail, but we get a re- we spend the first like four minutes recapping the rumble, which was we last had, week. Which was crazy. We had three or four weird rumble recaps, recaps, none of which really added to anything. It's sort of if mm-hmm. even if you're a casual and you're just randomly checking in, you kind of already knew what happened. In my opinion, I don't want to speak for anybody, but it was sort of like this didn't add anything to it. It was just sort of, yeah, we know. Get on to the next thing. Like there's a recap. We saw it last week. (laughs) Yeah. And even those that that didn't see it and are checking in, you've heard by now, like some of this stuff. And then we're also leading. I don't know. These recaps are getting a little out of hand, but you got to pay your your media people, right? Like you got to pay all these people that you hired to make these things. Sorry, I cut you off again. Mikey, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, it's okay. The recaps are the recaps are there for those who don't watch the product on a weekly basis like we do, which I've come to accept. And, you know, you got to run down the things that people have missed. Speaking of running things down, we start off SmackDown with... An, mm, <laughs> this, was, yeah. this was not the worst promo, but this was not a good one because Logan Paul's in the ring and he tries to cut a promo on um, Kevin Owens and his match against him for the U.S. title at Royal Rumble. I don't know if it was the delivery or what he was saying, but I was just like, this was weird. I did not like this first half of the promo. I thought it was very clunky. And Logan looked like he was thinking about what he was saying. I think it, and this is kind of what I've noticed with a handful of social media stars that turn into other mediums. If if it's all them, they're fine. Like if it's just me versus camera, great. If it's me heads up with somebody else, dialogue. The other uh, promo he has later on in the show actually hit pretty well. And we could talk about that. Uh, when it's sort of, hey, go improvise and go be in front of a crowd and sort of do the audience work thing, uh, really struggles. <laughs> this isn't the first time we've kind of seen this. And it, I don't know if it's sort of, hey, I'll go out there and wing it, or hey, I, I wonder if he's he still goes out there and the moment is huge for him. It's one thing to be on a podcast and have friends and sit in a chair. It's another to go out there and be like, hey, go talk to 40,000 people. Like, go ahead. And I, I don't know if he's getting heady or what, but yeah, this wasn't his best usage of language. Let's say it like that. <laughs> Yeah, this first half was rough, and then the second half saw Kevin Owens interrupt. They go back and forth a little bit. Logan's not going to give KO another shot at this. He had his chance. He blew it. But, you know, KO has got his you know, work cut out for him, according to Logan, because then that transitions into, before we talk about the first match of the evening, Kevin Owens versus Austin Theory. The second half of this promo was not any better. At least Kevin Owens attempted to salvage what was this. And, you know, I want to try to be as graceful as possible. I know, Logan, this is still new to him. But there's just something about, like, awkward interrupting during promos. Maybe it's because I've been trained where when we get wrestlers to do promos, they go back and forth. And then they like there's not really any interruptions, but Logan trying to interrupt Kevin and then Kevin like putting him in his place was kind of funny. I don't but, know yeah, who's coaching but it was them weird. on I don't know who's coaching them on dialogue and scripts and things behind the scenes. There is another promotion which I watch and review here, which I will not invoke the name of so early on in this one. Uh that 
does something similar where it's sort of, hey, we have words to say to each other. Well, let me stop you right there. Like no matter what, like trying to cut off. And like that, there's a feeling if, JV, if, if one of our friends, JVL, was here, we talk about it in far as the improv world. It feels like you're building momentum, but really you're just staggering the audience when you do that. You're just making it choppy and you never really say your point. You know who's really good at this? L.A. Knight. Because L.A. Knight interrupts you at the end of your thought or at the top of your thought, not midstream. You know who was great at this back in the year 2000 and 1999? The Rock and Stone Cold and a lot of the Attitude Era folks found that finesse of that. Um, and trying to replicate it now, it, I, it just feels rushed. That also to me, and not to unpack too much because we got a long way to go, it speaks to the preparation behind the scenes and how fast this stuff's going. Cause they don't seem confident in where they're going. And to me, that's a symptom of that. For sure. And that kind of plays into our first match of the evening. Kevin Owens versus Austin theory, part 25, I guess. 25. <laughs> part six of it's, 18. <laughs> it's the endless void we, that we find ourselves. Kevin Owens has been dealing with Grayson Waller and Austin theory and some form and capacity over yeah. the last month and a half two months or so so, so are, are austin and grayson just like hype guys for logan paul now is that where we've gone that seems where we've gone with them which is kind of weird i know that grayson and austin have had their beef with ko since the u.s tournament to sure get sure to the match at rumble but now we're seeing seeming to continue this which is really weird to see i don't think this does anything for anyone and it may this match was not necessarily my favorite because this is pretty much what we've seen before but then logan yeah. on commentary didn't make it any better for me personally i was just like I, logan know. is bro i'm like <laughs> he didn't sure. really add too much with it which by the way we have our new commentary team for smackdown heading forth it's going to be Corey graves as lead commentator and wade barrett and then Michael Cole and Pat McAfee are our leads for Raw now, which is interesting. McAfee's so, the Kevin, lead for Raw now? Cole is the lead for Raw, but Pat McAfee and Cole will be covering Raw. Yeah. Wait, McAfee's Corey's every yeah. Monday? Yep. And McAfee's then Corey doing is the, five days worth of podcast, and he's doing Raw every Monday? It seems so. Wow. That guy. That's crazy. I don't even, man, I, I, I'm wearing a $4 shirt and I work at a college where I've had my insurance cut twice in 12 months. I've made a series of decisions. Good job, Matt Pack. Pat <laughs> no, it's at a moment of like, you know what? I might not like you, but you figured it out. I'm going to use this thrift store cup to cry into. Please carry on. Keep it. And this is the part where John decided that maybe it was like, and this was the part where John decided the Biconics was not working out. <laughs> no. no, man. Some folks get everything. Some of us won't. Anyway, continue. Mike. We got, yeah. Some of us got to work there, hopefully. But. I mean, the last thing I have to say about this is that Kevin Owens wins. You know, Logan tries to distract Kevin Owens in the middle of this match. Doesn't work. Kevin Owens picks up the victory here. If not at Elimination Chamber, we are going to get a rematch between KO and Logan at some point. So mm -hmm. We'll see when that happens. 
I, I, I still don't, think, yeah. I, I kind of was starting to happen. I'm sure you felt this trope too. And I, I would love to hear a few folks on the Biconics talk of this too. We have these cheating tropes that come up every few years where, you know, it's the chair, it's the belt, it's the ring. He's got the thing. It's the thing. And this brass knuckle one, they were kind of figuring it out. It's, I think they're going to end up overusing it by the end and it's going to get kind of silly, which is unfortunate because you can never win unless you have the thing. And, you know, um, I wish they would paint them a better paint of chrome instead of the obvious plastic that they're using. (laughs) Like, come on, guys. I actually didn't hate this match. I I think they work really well together and I like watching them. I I get the feeling that they know the routine. So they're kind of like, let's do the things we know we do. We're good at. Um, Kevin Owens looks a little bored. Kevin Owens, Kevin just looks like he kind of misses Sammy. He kind of misses the heat of the way things were going a year ago. Uh, and if, and I agree with a few other folks that I don't want to, um, cross promote cause it's not worth it, but I hope that it is a year for Kevin Owens. Cause he's kind of due in my opinion, he's had these ups and downs and it's been a little while since we've really pushed and pushed him somewhere. That could be where we're going. I think WWE's just trying to cash in on the Logan Paul, the Paul brothers stuff. There was that line about Prime, which was kind of weird that came out of nowhere. <laughs> you smell like you smell awful. I bathed it in Prime. That's delicious. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> that was the weirdest like promotion <laughs> ever. It was so awkward. Oh, I know. And I have students that won't drink that so stuff. It's, apparently that stuff is not good. But it was. Cute. Yeah, the whole promo was cringe. This was a serviceable match. It was paint by numbers. Kevin Owens wins. I'm pretty sure we're not done with Logan and KO at some point. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can keep going. Yeah. yeah. So more exciting stuff. We we're going to throw a couple of these backstage segments together. So mm-hmm. first. We see Naomi, returning Naomi, a.k.a. Trinity, you know, come out of Nick Aldis's office, and she has officially signed to SmackDown, which makes me super excited. And she's there celebrating with Shotzi and Meechin and uh, Bianca, which is awesome. I was like, oh, just these four alone. I'm like, you have me intrigued. Mm-hmm. And then coming out from out of frame is the second women's signing, which for me and Will and those who watch NXT... Tiffany Stratton has officially signed to SmackDown too. She got the call up and I'm super excited and we'll talk more about her and her match. But ultimately this sets up that Tiffany is going to be a menace to the women's division. She's going to be the annoying heel character, which I love because we need different type of heel characters mm-hmm. since majority of the SmackDown women's roster is a lot baby faces. Yeah. And so she it, does the high school mm-hmm. thing. She's like, I'm going to make a statement, slap me in the face. And then Mia wants to fight her. yeah like you do yeah (laughs) which ultimately sets up tiffany's debut match later Mm -hmm. in the episode against michin look we need more women we've been saying this for the longest time the smackdown women's roster needs to have not necessarily more but we need to have more i guess because it's the same four or five women we see every week give them some substance give them something to Mm -hmm. do and and this is a hint of it, sure. I hope it's a it's more right. to come. 
right? We actually had more women's segments on this SmackDown than we've had in a while, which is kind of nice. Seriously. Of, of course, one one wasn't really a match, but it turned into a thing. So fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and, and this is going way back to something that Austin Creed had said about uh, the plot lines and development of characters where it's like, not everything needs to be revenge. Not everything needs to be these petty, look at me, I'm going for the belt. Look at me, I'm going for, for for more money, which was the whole concept of the New Day. It's like, can't we just be friends and do things as friends? Which has now gone sticky and is now another uh, other promotions and whatnot. So I, 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 I think this is a hint of substance. I hope it's real. They've let me down before. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> that is very, very fair. I am a little more. I'm cautiously optimistic with this. I'm, I'm ca- you know, cautiously optimistic as well. Like I'm hopeful, but right. I mean, with Trinity coming back after everything that happened to her and Sasha, and True. well, now Mercedes, like with that whole debacle, right. mm-hmm. and then having her come back, and then Tiffany being called up, I think is going to hopefully inject something more for the women's division and nick aldis was pretty busy tonight because then the next thing we see from him is you know he's having a conversation with bianca and i love bianca i was just like she's like so you know when bailey picks rio what how are we going to figure out you know the championship picture scene for eo i'm like oh bianca you poor thing we know she's gonna pick eo but that's okay and as nick is trying to talk to her and explain that they're working on something which we already know this is in the works. There's going to be a women's elimination chamber match and the winner will go to face Rhea. That's when Becky's going to win that. I think Becky's winning that, but that's neither here nor there. But as Nick yeah. is talking to Bianca about this, Logan Paul interrupts. And I actually kind of like this interaction back and forth between Bianca and Logan. And like I was saying earlier, right? You, you put, give him something to push against and he can go heads up beautifully. If it's just sort of here riff, uh, he kind of kills his own momentum. Mm-hmm. but logan is looking for more challengers for his united states championship that is not kevin owens and nick is going to work on that too so nick is nick aldis is busy now i mean you just kind of you borderline invoked the wrath of montez ford but bianca Belair don't need no help i don't mind seeing bianca Belair just crushing logan paul over the chair for a while so for you that'd be kind of fun bianca Belair, united states champion let's go <laughs> oh, how great would that be? Like, come on, so but if good. it makes sense, they're not gonna do it. Yeah, come on. That yeah. would be great. <laughs> so then uh, once again, main roster tends to do this thing. We get entrances and then backstage segments. So I'm just gonna throw out this next backstage segment here. Mm-hmm. We get a little preview of Legado the newly formed Legado del Fantasma, which is yeah. Santos Escobar, Humberto Carrillo, Angel Garza. Yeah, and the, the, the recently back- added in the back of a restaurant and the recently added Electra Lopez. <laughs> I was just like, look, I am happy to see Legato be reformed, sure. you know, with Santos and Electra being there and then bringing on Angel Garza and Berto Carrillo. Sure. But I was just like, I feel that this did not need to be here before the match that we had after this. No, I think they kind of, the timing of it was kind of, they, they could have done that a little better. Uh, I couldn't get over the fact that it was just a back room and an olive garden. Like it didn't quite have the reverence they wanted. Uh, I will say Santos looks great on camera as a bad guy. 
Like he mm-hmm. dude, dude's going to have a career outside of this someday. If he can keep those acting chops going. Uh, I thought this was fun. I agree with you. We kind of didn't need it. It took time away from other stuff, which I'm sus- suspecting might've affected a few things we're about to talk about. Um, right. I'm, I'm very much intrigued, but I do see the paradox that other folks were talking about where it was sort of like, we need to fight for Lucha Libre by destroying Lucha Libre. Like this doesn't quite make sense. I was but, like, what are we talking about? <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. Which then leads us to this pretty fun fatal four way. Yeah. The winners of this will go on to face the winning team from raw in their fatal four way on Monday to face the judgment day for the tag titles at the elimination chamber. So this was the fatal four way that saw pretty deadly versus British strong style, which is now what I'm calling Tyler Bate and Pete Dunn. Is that their name? El- like that's just Wade Barrett said that like five times. Like that's who they are. Like, okay. That's the, that was their official name in NXT UK, but that's what I'm going okay. to use it. And that's their name that on the independent scene too. Fantastic. Tag I'll take it then. That's so, great. I was pretty sure deadly. That- British, yeah, British Strong Style versus LWO versus Legado del Fantasma. Again, this was a fun match. Though, as soon as I saw Pete Dunn start crushing fingers and arms, I was like, oh, they're going to win for sure. <laughs> That's the tell. Oh, you're just ripping yeah. fingers off. That's how we know. I was like, oh, you're going to win. Uh, uh, th- there was a really cool, it, it timed out, it was a little, it timed out just right with that suplex circle they did where it was just boom, mm-hmm. boom, 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 like that worked out really, really well. So good. Um, I, I love seeing that dude get launched from the rope. Like he just sells that beautifully every single time. And every <laughs> single time there's that moment of he's going to die. Oh, he's fine. He's um, okay. <laughs> he's, oh, he's okay. Great. And still people try to chop that down. I was like, yeah, it wasn't as good as you do it. Like, come on. Like, what are you running your mouth about? Pick something else to worry about. Um, I'm sure that uh, Andrew, who's here at Biconics, is happy to see tag team wrestling kind of get into the limelight a little more over at WWE, which is good. I hope they do something with this. Uh, I I thought this was a lot of fun. And they all seem to work really well together, which was... Which, right? And when you have the... And we, I've talked about this too. That's sort of my knock on these fatal four ways or big trios matches or whatever. Cause it's like, it's 18 people. None of them know what to do. Like they, they were really, uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of a fancy word. Uh, copacetic's not right. That's what you do when you live with someone for too long. What's the word where you, ah, uh, synergy. I don't know. Like they just, they just did it really well. Yeah, there's this syner- there's a synergy, there's Syn- a synergist energy kind Syn- of thing. Synergist? Like, oh, that's a good word. Synergist. They're all synergistic to each other. We'll just make a word up. <laughs> they work very well together. All the cogs are in the right place, and sure. it's just good. It's good. The other thing I really enjoyed about this match is I love the brawl that Zelina had with Electra Lopez outside uh-huh. after the Meteora, mm-hmm. which was nice to watch, too. And sure. we're getting secondary storyline, so LWO versus Legato is going to be very, very fun. In the end, British Strong Style pick up the victory, so they're going to be our SmackDown representatives, and they're going to face whoever wins the Fatal 4-Way on Raw to see who goes to Elimination Chamber in Australia to face the Judgment Day for the titles. It's nice to see that you know now we're past Rumble and the titles that were defended there. 
It seems that Elimination Chamber is going to focus on the ones that we didn't get at Rumble. So hopefully we get an IC title match at Perth as well. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm hoping that Elimination Chamber is the palate cleanser we need. We'll see if that's true. Which we should, yeah. So again, that's the running theme for this. We shall see. Time will tell. Time like those are the two key phrases tell. that popped up a lot this episode. And we've been saying that a lot for two years. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so next, we cut backstage and we see EO and the Kabuki Warriors and they're talking to each other. And then EO basically states that tonight Bailey is done. They all laugh. They get their titles and they leave. And then this was reminiscent of the Batista thing when he overheard Triple H, <laughs> you uh-huh. know, back in the day. Talk about this. So Bailey heard everything they said. And I'm going to kind of fast forward a little bit and tie in the Bailey's thing with this, because then later we see Bailey in the ring being accompanied by EO and the Kabuki Warriors and just damage control in general. Minus Dakota Kai. Don't know where she was. Um, <laughs> yeah. Where's she been? I don't know. We shall see. So Bailey talks about because for the last week or so, she was on Monday Night Raw where you know she talked about maybe she pick maybe she pick Rhea, and then she had that interaction with Nia Jax on this past Monday Night Raw, and she basically says that she's here to make her decision. She said she could pick Rhea, and she lists the reasons why. But sometimes you gotta you know make people think. Sometimes you gotta make decisions that come from your heart. Sometimes you got to make decisions, even if they don't make the logist, the most logical sense. And Adam Pierce and Nick Aldis were also in the ring at this because Bailey would need to pick whether she would go after the raw or SmackDown champion. And so when she kind of gears this up and slowly, you know, gets into this baby face turn that we get in the segment, she turns to, the Black Lotus Triad, as I calling them, <laughs> yeah. which is their original, you know, name back in New when they wrestled in Japan. Sure. Bailey calls them out and she says, "Are you done laughing at me?" And then she says in Japanese, "Am I a joke to you?" Which is what is translated. I was just like, I was like, "Yo, Bailey, Duolingo is doing wonders," because. <laughs> Listen, the weirdest things, I'm a big sucker for pronunciation. Like, even if you don't speak the language, if you would make an attempt to pronunciate it the way in the native language, you get bonus points for me. That's why I get mad at, like, some other commentaries and other companies, especially when it comes to foreign names. I was like, just, it's not commander, it's commander. Like, come on now. I was like, listen, if the white guys here at the Biconics do a better job at this, professional commentators can do that. Yeah, like I like on another promotion where there's one gentleman who just says things out loud and it doesn't make any sense. That's a Kubata Bushi. What did you just say? You're not even trying. Go Sit home. Tight. My, uh, I, I have a love for Japanese. I never learned it like I should have. My uncle and has been in Japan teaching English since the early 80s. My auntie's Japanese, so as I have was raised around elements of that culture from time to time. It's such a beautiful language. And to just hear it, I know I, I I only know a word or two at a time, but when you say things in Japanese with fervor, uh, it's gorgeous. I thought that was a lovely touch for sure. Um, I I kind of wanted more. It was a hint of what I felt we should have had. I kind of want I wanted to see a full 
Kill Bill Tarantino, like if this is a turn, this is a turn. Like if this is if this is the bride at the church, if you film nerds out there know what I'm saying, like this is the heel turn. I think they tried to do a little bit too much of an homage to Batista. I think it should have. I don't hate that Bailey overheard it. What I hate mm-hmm. is Bailey sat there and watched and didn't react then. And there's just this moment of like, that's an opportune moment. You just kind of sat there. I don't believe that theatrically. If she had like overheard on a hot mic or if she had overheard in a different way or she replayed, like I would have bought that more as opposed to just, I'm going to walk into the room early. I heard. Well, you. If, uh, they sh- if they did the sh- if they did the shot similar like the way they did with Batista and Triple H, where the cameraman is on the outside in the hallway and Bailey happens to be walking up and then she overhears them saying it and then they go off camera, then kind of do that crossing the arms thing. It's just like, mm-hmm. I still like that backstage segment, but it would have been a more powerful shot if you had the camera pointing into the room instead of pointing out to the hallway. See, just little cinematic things like that could tighten up a whole spot. Uh, I love that commentary kind of sold like Bailey knew Bailey knew what was going to happen when Bailey has the pipe and then goes total, totally yeah, she on ends up beating up everybody. Uh, so yeah, I, I think they could have done heightened this a little bit. I'm happy for Bailey. You know, we've been saying for a while, the damage control is kind of like, where are we going? What are we doing? Uh, I, I, they could have pulled the trigger on this a little sooner. I'm wondering if the injury to Dakota Kai, I wonder if there was a few other things going on that we don't know for sure. Um, But I, I'm intrigued. I hope we lose Kabuki warriors though. Cause I'm kind of, there's a part of me that always goes every time I hear that, but I know it's a little weird, but we end the segment with Bailey, you know, calling her shot is going to be her versus EO at WrestleMania for the yeah. WWE Women's Championship, which I think is going to be a fantastic match. Well, then EO leaves the door open here, too, for like, I like my friend. I didn't hit my friend. Right. So now I right. wonder if we're going to get this face face turn and it's going to be. This sort of Kabuki Warrior versus those two thing. And we're going to split damage call down the middle. I don't mm-hmm. know. Uh, but there was a hint of EO Sky didn't want to do this and still felt for her friend. EO didn't go full heel, and that kind of leaves the door open. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. And I think we have a good chunk of time because now that it was made official, Bailey versus EO, we have pretty much all of February and March to build up the story. Yeah. So we have about eight weeks. Sure. I'm excited, and I'm just happy for Bailey because this will be her first singles match at WrestleMania ever in her career, which is saying sure. something because she's been here for a while. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean they're already they're already calling her future Hall of Famer. Like, she, like she's oh, in. absolutely. Yeah. So I mean, she's due for some of this stuff. Exactly. Then we get the second recap of the evening, which is recapping everything that happened with Cody winning the Rumble, and then the promo he and Seth had on Monday Night Raw. I like the promo that Seth said, you know, comparing, you know, certain wrestlers to certain titles and basically telling Cody, you want to fight me because what do you want to do? You want to go, you want to be the Hulk Hogan champion or do you want to be the Dusty Rhodes champion? Which is what Seth was alluding to his belt as the work rate championship, the workhorse championship. Sure. And Roman is the Hulk Hogan you know, champion, just you don't care about anything else or the prestige of wrestling, which we're going to talk about it because Roman 
took some shots, and there was a massacre, which we'll talk about when we get to the end. Yeah, it was rough. Because I have I have words for Roman. It was crazy, but <laughs> which then reminds us that Cody's making his decision tonight of who he's facing at WrestleMania. So we'll sure. get to it there. Then we get the weirdest thing happening. So we were supposed to get a six-man tag team match between the Final Testament and the Pride. It didn't really even start because there was just shenanigans for the jump. And then a random appearance from BFAB. Don't get me wrong. I love BFAB. I love that we're potentially adding her in here, especially since if we're not going to get Bianca to be a part of this, like a lot of people want. I think BFAB, who has been working improving herself and i like her aesthetic and everything uh-huh. this match doesn't really get started and you know what bfab is joining to even it out you know not since final testament has scarlet we have to put a women's wrestler for the pride I, uh, we I didn't guess. even get started with this match had we got like maybe five minutes and then everything that happened at the end i would have been like i still didn't like it but you know what it's okay we didn't even get this match started no and we this was like f- just sort of five minutes of make something happen. It's over. Mm-hmm. I thought we were going to come back from commercial break and maybe see something. Nothing. This was just dropped on its head. I feel bad for all of them. This was bad booking. Yes. Like this was just it- awkward. Any any momentum they could have built was just d- nerfed. They had none chance. Uh, I'm, and I'm starting like, to. You have so many fun people in here. Yeah, and I know we've gone back and forth on Carrying Cross for a while. I kind of like this version of Carrying Cross. I wish it was a little more Doomsday, but that's just me. I and you're just kind of muting them all the time. Uh even even Bobby Lashley and the Suit Prophets, like you're not giving them any runway. You're just kind of toting them out there every now and then. What are they fighting for? What are they trying to get? What are they trying to do? Other than just, hey, I'll fight them. Hey, I'll fight. Like, there's, oh, they're floundering here. I'm going to say this. I don't say this phrase here a lot. This is, this is sort of mid-card purgatory. Like, this is getting stuck on purpose. Like, they're being held here. Ah, it's just, it's tough to watch. I feel for them. Yeah, this was tough. And I want good things for everyone involved. Again, I like I said before, if the, for me, this is like the final. So far, it's not working out, but I feel like this is do or die for Karrion Cross right now because otherwise he's just going to be stuck in here. And they're not doing him or Bobby Lashley or anybody else. They're doing them a disservice with how we're booking this, and it frustrates yeah. me because I want to see something come from this, but we haven't really even got started with how we're yeah. doing this. So, mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. So... We then go backstage. Nick Aldis, like I said earlier, is a busy boy. This time, he's in the middle of trying to sign Braun Breaker from NXT to SmackDown. And then Adam Pearce rears his ugly little bald head into the conversation (laughs) is trying to mess things up for Nick by telling Braun, hey, you know, you should come to Monday Night Raw first before you make your decisions. So Braun's like, I'm going to go Monday Night Raw. I'm going to hold on to the SmackDown contract and we'll see what goes. Nick and Adam Pierce have a little bit of back and forth. Like, what are you doing? This is my show. You need to stop ruining things. Adam Pierce is like, I'm only doing what you did to me. And then enter for probably the biggest pop of the night outside of Roman. Miss Jade Cargill comes in and we can hear the audience explode uh-huh. from the arena with Jade. And so 
Nick is trying to sign Jade to SmackDown. Adam Pierce tries to do the same thing he did with Braun, but Nick shuts it down. And so then we see Nick talking to Jade as the backstage segment goes. Ultimately, I think Jade should go to Raw only because I want Bianca versus Jade like really badly. <laughs> and I think yeah. Jade would fit better on Raw than she would on SmackDown. But regardless, Nick Aldis and Adam Pierce are still fighting, which I actually kind of dig that we get general managers actually fighting. <laughs> Well, this this promo was pro- arguably the best one of the night, at least for mm-hmm. me, because theatrically this made sense. There was acting, there was there was a through line, there was uh, I'm invested in this. It's me versus you versus them versus them versus that. They all had things they wanted. This is a promo that worked. Uh, for those of you in the internet land, Bron Breaker is a controversial character in our group chat. We've talked about him quite a bit, lots of things, uh, and I don't. I don't know enough about him to have an opinion really one way or another other than his family and all that. But uh, yeah, I, I, I liked this. This went somewhere. There was a reason to watch this. Now I am intrigued. This is when promos work. I kind of love having the managers bark. Like you were saying, like that's kind of fun. And that gives just a little bit more of an element of, of the soap opera of wrestling that we enjoy to see. Was, and, you know, we continue to see things that I enjoy because next we get Tiffany Stratton versus Meechin. This was a quick seven-minute match, which I feel that this is a pretty decent length for a debut match for somebody from NXT on the main roster. For a women's but, match on WWE, that's a lot. That's great. <laughs> I thought this was a really fun match. It was. You know, Meechin did get some offense in, but mm-hmm. ultimately this was showcasing to those who don't watch NXT what Tiffany can do. Mm-hmm. Tiffany is the whole package for me. Her entrance is very fun with the Malibu Barbie house graphic, which is so good. <laughs> and then the great. picture was taking photos of her during the entrance. Mm-hmm. And I will stake my reputation as a wrestling fan on here. She has the prettiest moonsaults, the best looking moonsaults of just how effortlessly it's look. And it is better than Charlotte Flair's. I said it. Sure. <laughs> You're probably not wrong. Uh, she did. It was so she beautiful. She overshot a little bit. She, it, was gonna say, <laughs> she, it was so beautiful. She missed and it was still perfect. You know what I mean? It was still. And she got up like, oh, like she felt it in her ribs and her stomach. But it was, <laughs> I, I thought it was great. And I, it, I don't want to give the women less time. But as far as on our podcast, what we're talking about. But we'll just talk about for 30 minutes how great this was. This was fun. This was great. Made uh, Minchin look, Minchin, Mia, Mia, ah, words, names, made her look great. And the last few times we've seen her in the ring, she looked kind of rusty, had some miscues and whatnot. The two of them worked beautifully. I thought this was a lot of fun. Commentary was on top of it. Yeah, it was, it, this was, this was a good 10 minute, 15 minute stretch of like, oh, I'm interested. And it made me really happy. And what was interesting, oh, absolutely. right in the top of this, it was like, and now it's time for the final match of the night. And I was like, we got 30, 40 minutes left. <laughs> what do you mean this is the last match of the night? And that was my cue to be like, oh, oh we're going to go get, down. We're going to get a 15 minute entrance from someone, aren't we? Oh, yeah. someone's, someone's here to walk for a while. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So Tiffany picks up the win in her debut match. I'm excited to see more of her on SmackDown. 
we get the bumpers for, you know, SmackDown next week, which is also going to be entertaining. All right. Now that we have gone through everything else on SmackDown, now we need to mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and just all around prepare ourselves for what we're about to talk to next because this is the hottest topic that is happening right now in the wrestling world. Well, and uh, it yeah. is bananas. One of them. But one of them, this I is the say. one we're talking about right now. <laughs> this is the prev- this is the most prevalent of the SmackDown crew because this happened on SmackDown. So mm-hmm. we get a 15 minute entrance from your tribal chief, Roman Reigns. So during yeah. this entrance, I literally these are the things I did. I made a sandwich. I checked a few emails. Sure. You know, I drew a stick figure picture <laughs> like there were so many things that I ended up doing in that 15 minutes. <laughs> By the time I was done with all of them, he barely got into the ring. I was like, Are you doing the prisoner thing? So there's a tally for every minute of your life. That's yes. There's just tallies everywhere. Like Maxine Waters, it is 15 minutes of my time that I'm never giving back. Oh, <laughs> so good. So Man. we're going to break this segment into two halves because I have thoughts and feelings for different reasons of the two halves of this. So first, sure. we get Roman in the ring, who's, right. you know, with the bloodline and with Paul Heyman. And Roman cuts this promo basically. Okay, so like, the internet <laughs> wrestling community uses the term buried, like very loosely, and it's sure. overused. But Lord have mercy, I don't care if this is part of Roman's character. He shot heat seeking not even taking like pop shots he t- launched heat seeking nukes at seth that world heavyweight championship and monday night raw all in one go i was like jesus jiminy s christmas bro like <laughs> that was hardcore yeah and i'm not over exaggerating so the key points from this you know <laughs> first he starts off by firing nuke number one you know, let's talk about my little brother, Seth Rollins. No response. Exactly. No pop. Oh, I was pop. like, oh, shit. We're going to go there, aren't we? Which the crowd by this point was in a very strange place. Yes, uh, it was so it, weird. And, I, and, and you kind of felt this throughout the night, not to talk about the crowd in a moment like this, but as you, as you noted, they played a part in this. It's not like a Savannah, Georgia from a few weeks ago on another promotion. Like they were there, <laughs> they were there, and they were listening. But uh, Roman was smart. He did like everyone was like, "Where are you going with this?" And he played it as, "Oh, you don't like him? Great, no pop, boom!" And just kept going. It's like, "Oh, that yes. was cold." That was he. Ooh. That was nuke number one. Then nuke number two. He talks about you know the difference between him and Seth, and it's just like <laughs> you can make, you can make. Seth Rollins money, or you can make Tribal Chief money. Nuke number two. Well, yeah, like, yeah, the working champ. You do all, you defended all these things. I work, what do you say? I work half, I work less than you and make t- 10, 10 times, times more. more. Yeah, something like that. So and nuke number two. <laughs> what a way to gaslight and spin that argument to be like, you never defend it, you never work. And be like, yeah, I don't have to. I make more than you do. Like, oh, yes. that- and I, that that's intense. such a Hulk Hogan line to say. <laughs> like, oh, anyway, carry on. Then Roman gets into probably the most questionable for nuke number three. He's like, Seth, <laughs> you can't dress in your wife's clothes. 
and call yourself the man. I was just like, nuke number three. I was like, that's kind of, I don't want to say anti like LGBTQI kind of coded, but damn. <laughs> Watch the line, right? That was sort of a weird, like, I'm making fun of you, but not making fun of you, but making fun of you, but not. Because I don't think Becky would wear any of those things. <laughs> Becky Except like, maybe Seth Rollins' yeah. entrance to WrestleMania, because I would I wanted that red coat of just I how mean, crazy that, it was. That thing, that thing was kind of fire. Uh, it was. Just great shots. And, and part of me, you wouldn't take those digs unless you genuinely had a history and knew that person, right? Which we yep. know is true. So it's sort of a, I wonder if, and this is just, this is behind the scenes and we'll get to what we need to talk about. I wonder if Seth threw what Seth threw out there on Monday, like, oh, I know he's coming. I know he's coming yeah. for me. I know, like whatever the text messages were, like, I'm coming for you Friday. Oh, you better, you better not let me off the hook. Like, you know, the way friends needle each other. No, uh, and I'm pretty sure both of them probably like, all right, so this is what we're going to do, and it's going to be great. Sure. And then and to John, kind of wrap and, up this. And John, John yeah. Mox is on the group chat going, you better crush him for that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So to finish off this first half, the last two nukes that got fired is that then Roman goes into making fun of Seth's injury by pretending to walk with a hurt back. <laughs> but he did put Seth over kind of a little bit. He's just like, you have a champion who injured himself trying to carry that show on his back. And mm -hmm. can you actually believe in a champion that walks like this and then proceeds to do like the old man, oh, my back, skit. And then the ultimate like final code into the ultimate nuke turns his attention to Cody before Cody comes out and says, Cody, you have two options. You can either go and be the best for the number two championship, or you can try to do your best and come after the number one championship, your choice. And then that ends Roman's part right there. Sure. I had a pause as soon as that was open. I was just like, I got to process all this. <laughs> Holy shit. Some great lines. And Roman, we, Again, Roman is a figure that's kind of torn the Baconics for various reasons and work. Yes. Uh, on the mic, though, always brings it on the mic and the acting of these segments. I've never really said anything bad about Roman and Roman's work in the character of the Roman Reigns. Wild. But there's this huge peak here, and you're right to pause it here, because from here on out, it's like a different director's cut. From here on out, it doesn't make any sense. So let's get into what has a lot of people up in an uproar. So as soon as Rowan finishes, then this is where Cody's theme plays. And Cody comes down to the ring. And basically, Cody basically talks about what we've been talking about for the last year in terms of, you know what, Roman? I was just like, winning the Rumble back-to-back -back is important because very few people have won back-to-back -back Rumbles. And it's only an exclusive club that includes the likes of Cody and Stone Cold and Shawn Michaels that have been able to win back-to-back -back rumbles. And essentially, he runs down. He's like, Roman, me and you both know I had you dead to rights at last year's WrestleMania. Had it not been there for interference, I would have beaten you. I know it. They know it. And more importantly, you know it. I am the closest that anyone has ever gotten to actually beating you, which is kind of true. Cody's the only one who has legit within the last year been a actual 
pain in the side for Roman because he's the only one that legit was came close to beating him. Mm-hmm. Everyone else came nowhere near beating Roman. Cody's sure. the only one. So at this point, I was like, okay, so this is where Cody's going to say he's going to fight Roman at, you know, WrestleMania. Cool. And then he said the line that was the inspiration for the meme on our social medias that I sent you guys to. It's like, I am coming after you, Roman, just not at WrestleMania. And that picture uh, (laughs) that I sent to everybody was me in that moment. I was just like, what? And I paused at this because I, I had to process it once again. I'm like, what? What's awful is it, it, this was the two trains on the same track thing, right? This was the slow-mo car crash. And everyone's heart kind of had the same drop. And you, you could hear a collective, oh, no, throughout the entire United States. Except for Birmingham, who was full mark and very excited about what that meant. So I guess the electricity in the arena was different than the collective sad sack of the United States in that moment. So then once I gathered up my mental strength (laughs) to persevere, were you shaking before you hit on pause? I was just like, you know what? I could just turn it off right now and just read what happened later. I was like, no, I'm going to be like Cody Rhodes. I need to finish this story and see where this is going to go. Yeah. Now, whether or not that was the smartest choice, I'm still debating that right now, but I hit play. And then this is where Cody goes into. This is the third act structure of this whole segment. Cody says, Roman, I have talked to a bunch of people. I've taken counsel with a bunch of people. But specifically, I've talked to one individual who knows you better than you know yourself. And then cue, if you smell, The Rock comes out. Birmingham, Alabama lost their collective shit, so to speak. Rock comes down. Then this is where the most heartbreaking scene happens to me. Rock gets in the ring. You know, Cody's there, gives a handshake to Cody, who's trying to put on a brave face. And then when Rock pulls in Cody, I don't know what Rock said to him, but then there's that like picture that's going around the internet where you see Cody's facial expressions change from trying to put on a brave face to absolute heartbreak for a brief moment. Oh, yeah. And steps out of the ring. I tried. I I was so heartbroken for Cody in this moment. And, I was just like, I'm not even mad. I'm just like, I'm more concerned about Cody and how he's, his emotions and his heart is dealing with right now. Obviously, he's a big boy and he's going to get past this. Sure. But I felt for Cody in this moment. So we will speculate about this Scarlett Johansson, Bill Murray, Lost in Translation moment for the rest of WWE time, right? It. There's some folks saying that, you know, The Rock invoked the name of Dusty and said, hey, your dad, this, your dad, that, thank you, this, that. It could have been good to the company. It could have been a subtle thank you. It could have been a drink order. It could have been various other things. Uh, It's hard to overlook the company man angle. Right, because the Dwayne the Rock Johnson has always been a company man. 
it's really hard to not see a passing of the torch to another company man in my opinion like you are holding you are now holding us up for the next few generations we're sort of doing that delayed gratification of you will get yours you are on your path just not right now again and again and again i i hate it for a lot of reasons but the thing i always go back to is the legendary story which now it's kind of urban legend we don't know if this happened or not of triple h talking to cody right after that signing coming over from the other promotion and saying hey what about your dad's hard time storyline and now we're kind of in it by default whether we've made those choices i don't know if we're just gonna rag on this guy for a greater payoff down the line okay i guess but if if you don't if you don't pet your dog every now and then it's hard to keep him under the porch to use a phrase from Birmingham. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, you know what I mean? So the, and it's hard again, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this in a second. It's hard not to see that we're doing this to get positive spin, to get away from all the garbage that's going on and has been released over the last 10 days and the hurt over the last few years of what the hell's going on behind the curtain. And now it's right on surface because it's such a transparent band-aid. Like I see right through this. And and I'll say this last thing and then go for it, Mikey. You can put on whatever spicy chorizo hat you want. The in the sense that I kind of what makes this hurt even more is I love the idea of seeing the two of them. I love seeing Roman versus The Rock. I've been calling for that for two years here <laughs> like bring me the tribe get the cousins out let's go but to get it like this is disheartening and i don't know this is now on the rock the rock has to carry the burden and the energy of this um ugh. okay <laughs> so Go for it. Just to kind of wrap the segment, and then we can talk more about this. So as soon as sure. Cody leaves, we end the show with Roman and Rock just having to stare down as the show goes off the air. And then we come to find out on social media later that we're getting a press conference this upcoming Thursday in Vegas to talk about WrestleMania, which, you know, we here at the Bicronics will report anything that is important. So we'll go from there. So... You know, I've had two days to sit with this, you know, and thinking about everything. I made my memes. I had conversations with some of the other Biconics boys. Like I talked, <laughs> we about all we all cope in different ways. <laughs> I talked. Well, I mean, I talked to Adolfo about it last night when we did before we did Rampage review. Um, I talked to Luis this morning about it before we did our Collision review. And I then, would love, I would love to hear what the Luis thinks right now. My goodness. And we briefly talked about it. So I'm going to echo what, you know, the same thing that I told Adolfo and Luis over the last two days. I'm still very torn about this. On the one hand, I think Roman versus Rock still it has the potential to be very entertaining to watch. Yeah. You know, I think it's going to be very entertaining. But what hurt, I'm not even mad like some people are or even frustrated about this is what we're doing, if this is the ultimate plan. I think I'm more in the camp where I'm feeling for Cody Rhodes to be come back, to leave AEW 
and to come back in here and to literally be one of the poster children for WWE main roster for the last two and a half years. And, you know, Cody has been so behind getting WWE out and doing all this work. He's one of the few big stars that actually does the house show circuit. Like Mm -hmm. he is not above being a big time name and not putting Cody has gone since coming back the last two and a half years has done gone above and beyond for WWE. And I think what saddens me is he puts in all this work and then he has to wait just a little bit longer to get that reward of doing the right thing and being the person. Cody is a businessman. And so he's not going to step in the way of, you know, what's going to be a big draw and make the company money. But from a fan's perspective of following a person's journey, having to interrupt the gratification of Cody finally getting to do something and complete not just his story, but this is a whole generation of Rhodes storytelling from his daddy, from his grandfather culminating into him finally be able to do the one thing that his ancestors could not and win the title that has eluded the family. Kind of just take it, excuse my French, but it kind of takes the winds out of the sails, the piss out of the boot, whatever saying you want to use. Piss out of the boot. (laughs) Listen, my grandma has some weird sayings and, you know, I'm invoking the grandma Liguillo because I was Can I borrow that from your grandma? That's a good one. Thank you, grandma. Do it. (laughs) That's great. Seriously. It just makes me sad. So that's one half. So let's discuss that and I'll tell you my other side. Sure. And I, part of me, and when you and I talk writer's hat, right, you're doing this delayed gratification to keep the audience engaged. And in doing so, and in the wake of that, you're, you're screwing Cody Rhodes. Let's be real. Um, You brought Cody Rhodes in here. You put the tagline of his story in his music. There's more than one wrestling family legacy. One, there's more than one. And it's a call out to this. The folks that are from those generations that knew that what was going on, who followed his dad, who followed his brother, who following him. Uh, so again, like I, I'm just kind of echoing what I said earlier to, to put him in the company to do this to him is super hard. And this is one of those times where I, what would I do if my boss where I work walked in one day and said, Hey, John, I know the students love this class. I'm going to teach it for the last 10 weeks, but in a few years, you're going to be the head of this department. We're going to pay you the same, but you don't get to do the thing that actually makes you want to do the things you do. You got to watch me do it. You'll be around and they get to talk to you, but you're not going to get any of the credit until a few years from now. But when that happens, you're going to be the head of the department and you can do whatever you want then. Even saying that out loud, part of me goes, Ugh. like it just feels gross. <laughs> like there's something gatekeepy and uh, not fair. So I don't know what's going to happen here. I, uh, It's not even fair to say written into a corner, which is a phrase we use here all the time. We're sort of on a path we cannot change. <laughs> Does that make sense? Uh, it just feels different. Uh. It is. And then just to briefly wrap this up, the other side of me is 
I'm more open to see where this leads because we have two months to build up this match until WrestleMania. Sure. My only non-negotiable and what's going to turn me off of this match completely is if we get an announcement that this is for the title. I I would rather have this be something <clears throat> or something intangible like the head of the table spot or the legacy of, you know, the dynasty. Yeah. Like if that is what's at stake, then I am more than willing to put my personal feelings aside because then you can sell the rock and Roman. We're going to fight to see who truly is the head of the table, which yeah, I feel is a little too little too late. This is yes. three and a half years. This is three and a half years into the tribal chief character. We could have did. Honestly, I said we could have had this match last year. Honestly, mm-hmm. we could have had this match happen literally in the Rock's backyard of Hollywood in Inglewood, I feel like California. We talked, <laughs> I feel like we talked about this a year ago where it was mm-hmm. like, get the get the whole family out there, make it an event, make it a ritual. I'm going to say this and again. I, get Rikishi in there. Get the family that's living and surviving. Fly them in. Put them on the ramp. Give them fancy chairs. Make them look down and watch the time to do it when it was Jay and Roman. But you botched that, whatever the hell that thing was. You have Jimmy. for my memory. <laughs> I know, I know. We, we all sat here angry about it. Uh, you have Jimmy, who's the prince in waiting, who doesn't want it. And you have Solo, who's a warrior and an enforcer, who also kind of seems to not want it or has glimpses of what would I do with it. You have the epic journey. You have the, I'm going to go teacher on you. You have the Joseph Campbell hero with 10,000 faces it's happening right now you just kind of took the hero and usurped him from the story (laughs) so now you're putting the rock in as as a conduit for the story that might you got to do a lot of work in eight weeks seven weeks i agree with you i don't think it should be for the title it should be for the head of the table because then right. everyone's strong. If it rocks the head of the table, you got to answer to me or get out. And then it's Roman who still gets to break all these records because we're on that path for some reason. Because um, if the Rock takes the title, which I think we're going to talk about next, if the Rock takes the title, how do you get it to Cody? It doesn't make sense now. So let's briefly talk about that. And that's why this this is why this match not being for the title is my non-negotiable. Cause if it is, then I get worried because then again, we take a lot of these reports with a grain of salt until we, you know, get more information and confirmation. But my biggest fear is that so rock versus Roman happens at WrestleMania. It's for the title. My biggest fear is rock. So if rock wins this title, and I'm going, I can't, I'm using this man's name as a verb, but if Rock ends up winning that title and then, you know, holding on to it for whatever reason, for me personally, and this is going to be blasphemous to the wrestling community, with Rock pushing to be, a, allegedly pushing to have this match at WrestleMania, and then if he ends up winning, the Rock's legacy is going to be under so much scrutiny and all the good work he's done in the past may come to a breaking point. More importantly, the Rock will end up hoging himself through a title reign like he did back in the olden days of wrestling and what he did in TNA at wrestling too. Him and Eric Bischoff like almost destroyed a TNA wrestling 
because they book themselves to consistently win against, you know, your TNA staples. And I'm not saying that Rock would end up doing that, but having him have that title is a very dangerous line to walk. Fascinating. I didn't think full Rock legacy and promotions in the wake of that. I focused more on immediacy. I I could see a potential for that, sure. Um, what kind of did Hogan in, and now we're just going full, full off-the-cuff opinion, was that Hogan in the late 90s was just a bad person. Let's say that. We know this now, the way Hogan treated folks and, and buried folks and talent. and uh, The Rock, you hope, is a good person. Although, let's be fair, those charities to send folks to the fires in Hawaii didn't really work out. Now they're, they're, they're The Rock. Um, so you hope The Rock's a better person than that. Uh if this is the rock coming in to save what is a sinking ship, it doesn't feel like the ship is sinking. It just feels like those people are sinking. So is there something we don't know if the cancer that is the Vince McMahon scandal is so widespread that the more we learn leading up to WrestleMania, we need a rock and Roman to distract us from what's about to happen. Cause not to bring in that story, cause this has nothing to do with it, but at the same time, it has everything to do with it if all these folks are just going to start getting implicated and crushed, we need to be going somewhere. We've already phased out the Brock Lesnar. He's kind of a name that shall not be named anymore. You know, there's more and we're just waiting to see what that is. So does the rocks legacy turn into, Oh yeah. The guy who came out of retirement to save WWE during the scandal. Ooh, that's a scar. I don't think you want. That's a title that I don't think you want. Ugh. Oh man. Yeah. I can I can deal Ooh. with I can deal with like what happens in terms of like roster wise, like who goes up against the rock if he wins the title. Like that's something I can deal with. Sure. My big worry for the rock himself is because once you get a label stuck to you by, you know, the court that is the general public, it's really hard to shake that off, no matter how much you do. Because people will only remember that one big, like, blight spot on your whole entire thing. But, you know, again, I'm just stating speculation yeah. and opinion. I, there's no objectual fact to my reasoning. But I'm just well, thinking of, like, years. Like, what, like... I mean, a lot of the Biconics boys here are parents. So, like, having that conversation, you yeah. know, should your child get invested in wrestling and then telling them all these years later is like, Dad, do you remember, Mom, Dad, do you remember, you know, The Rock at this time? And it's like, yeah, let me tell you about it. How that story is going to be told is going to be nuts. I remember when Rocky's dad came to save him. You see, here's what happened. He was a young Rocky Maivia. Nobody liked him. But we watched him anyway. I'm so, um, I this is where it gets really complicated and sticky. And there, you better nail this, or you could set your company back a few years worth of fans. Uh, and looking full meta, full meta, looking at all the promotions. If I were the top two promotions right now, and please don't get mad at me, Mikey, you know what I mean. 
if this was WWE and AEW, everybody knows the blood's in the water. All these other promotions are watching this very, very carefully. And if they, and if there's a slip up at the right time, at the, at the wrong way and the right, this it makes, now it makes sense why all these deals were made before this happened, right? The Netflix deal, some of these other TV deals, right? Because we're going to take a risk quickly and kind of leave the door closed for anyone else. But if I'm TNA impact anyone else, I'm watching very carefully to try and slide my way in there and go, Hey, do you want something that doesn't have drama? Come over to us. Hey, do you want a promotion that everyone's saying we do take care of our people and kind of a breath of fresh air from all this? Hey, come see us. Not just the outside companies too. Like I don't even throw in-house too, because WWE has the three rosters, but it's completely two different atmospheres. I'm not even imagining like TNA, AEW, like even the smaller promotions like MLW and all those guys. I'm also thinking about in-house too. Like I'm sure. I'm looking at Shawn Michaels and the NXT roster, looking at what's happening on main roster, what's going on there. And especially Shawn Michaels, be like, uh-huh. I'm not sure. I'm going to watch, see how this happens because I'm not about to send my kids up to main roster you know, if this is what we're going to be dealing with. And I obviously said, some, yeah. I said this a year ago with the great American bash and I've only watched NXT like three or four times since, but <laughs> I've said this is the great American bash and I made a joke about it. And he, if, and I said, Hey, Shawn Michaels, if you wanted to have a mutiny and you wanted to do your own thing in your own city with your own talent, with your own people, there's the potential here that it can, you could, you know, sever and do your thing. And now, Ooh, think about that a year later. Like, Hey, of course you never, you're never going to do that. You just called up talent from NXT fine, but you got to wonder but if there's whispers of like, Hey, if they're, if, if what that's they're what it's, if that's what it's going to yeah. be, then can we just do it here on our own? Well, it's just what's kind of, yeah. It's kind of what NXT is kind of been doing for the last year. Maybe not to that extent of completely breaking off, but like NXT, their roster and how they produce their shows is completely different than main roster. And then on top of that, too, you know, they have their own P, they they have their own pay per views. Yeah. And they're traveling around with those pay per views. And if, if I'm in NXT, why would I go up there and absorb all that heartache if not for money? And why would I go over to AEW, who's got its own huge issues right now, when I could just kind of stay here in my own backyard in one city year round and kind of own a house and live this and do it as a nine to five and do the house show stuff when I want? Yeah, there's a lot of things. And I, I don't mean to go full tangent. The implications of The Rock coming back versus Roman Reigns, title or no title, what we've done to Cody, what we're doing, all of that just kind of explodes exploded uh and, in birmingham and, alabama birmingham <laughs> is the sites of where this all took a 90 degree turn and we will and i'm that i was the origin it, point <laughs> i said it at the top where i'm 20 30 years from now it's gonna be february 2nd birmingham alabama cody walks down the ramp like that's it's gonna be in the documentary it's gonna be nuts uh, we have eight weeks of we have 
eight weeks to see how this develops. So last thing we have to do after everything we discuss, we still got to we still got to rate this episode. Oh, my God. You're right. I don't even know <laughs> if we could we say. So, oh, OK, it's going to have to be asterisks and stipulations to this. OK, so let's let me let me see. So are we, are we empanada scale? We're empanada scale here, right? Kilometers versus yeah, empanada well, versus minis well, versus minis not here. So we're going to do the empanada scale this okay, week. So empanada scale. Okay. So if we're talking about pure drama, like pure madness, like now I have to watch because it hurts. I mean, we're, we're now in, Eight, nine, ten territory. If I'm just looking at the wrestling and the performances of the night, I'm kind of still in seven, eight, nine territory, right? Like we liked the matches. The matches were solid. The promos, we had some clunky ones. Sure. I had some questionable things. Sure. We were in the back of an Olive Garden for one. Fine. It might have been better than an Olive Garden. That might have been, you know, a Red Robin. They just have a wine cellar. I just said Red Robin was better than Olive Garden. Please don't hate me. Um, I <laughs> I think the promos are solid. I mean, even though this was a mess in various ways, it's still in that eight or nine empanada place, which is so weird because part of me wants to say one out of ten, you ruined it. But I've reserved one, two, three is for get folks getting hurt or, or horrible botches or mistakes or, or carelessness. But even then, a four, five, six doesn't feel right. And the fact that we're talking about it over time on this podcast, something's right, but is it right that we have weird stuff to talk about? I don't know. So I'm kind of in that eight or nine place. Am I wrong? No, because you're <laughs> pretty much in a... No, because I kind of agree with you. As a standalone episode of SmackDown, like, this was eight or nine overall. Yeah. And just literally, you know, I wasn't expecting them to, like, we're barely into the first week of February. We just got through just first month of 2024 and we just slingshotted mm -hmm. the craziest time that is going to be for this build for WrestleMania. And this is going to be a very interesting two months into WrestleMania I mean, builds. Because what do you do at Elimination Chamber now? I mean, because... Elimination Chamber, like obviously we talked about the tag titles are going to be on the line. I'm pretty sure we'll get an icy title match. Sure. We're definitely work building our way towards a women's chamber where the winner goes on to face Rhea. Uh -huh. but then I'm thinking, you know, with Punk's injury and everything, what do you do for the men's chamber? Which when you go watch that injury, like I felt awful for him. Say what you will yeah. about CM Punk, but as a workers, dude's great and watching that and seeing that and now knowing that and watching the end of that, it's like, Oh, that, another heartfelt, like, Ugh. man, it, it was. And maybe this isn't empanada scale. Maybe this is like burnt empanada scale, or maybe this is like discount empanada scale, or like maybe <laughs> this isn't, you know, um, there's a lot, there's a lot here. Oh man. But yeah, I, I, I think we're right to say it's somewhere in that eight, nine wheelhouse, right? Yep. And we've, I don't think we've ever had a 10 here on SmackDown. But as far as drama, 
even even the rock's first appearance what was that i guess almost two and a half months ago right i guess that wasn't mm-hmm. even a 10 that was still sort of a oh my god he's here thing <sighs> so if anything that you take away from this review all you biconics wrestling nerds out there me and the professor are gonna watch things unfold and we're just gonna be considerate about what ends up happening from here and ultimately we're gonna have to wait until wrestlemania is over to kind of do it that's a that's the episode for april we're gonna do a deep dive of you know the build up to all this and honestly it alienates some of our boys because they don't watch wwe but i was just like we need to do a special wwe boy podcast episode where we review everything that led up to wrestlemania and that wrestlemania is done and this How did Smack- it turn out? And this SmackDown is a example of why some of our boys here refuse to watch it. And I absolutely agree. I totally I can see their points. I totally get it. Because there's a part of me too that's like, well, if this is just what you're gonna do to me, then why? Uh, and if you're just going to step over your hardest workers in the names of distraction and this and that, oh yeah, absolutely why. Uh, I, I absolutely get that, and I understand that. Oh, man. <laughs> that is going to be interesting. So we're definitely going to plan that. Now I definitely yeah. want to do that, have a special where me, you, Minnie, and then whoever else wants to join us, we do an analysis of this story, and this is the sure. origin point. So I'm I'm going to be keeping a close eye on this developing story. I feel like a wrestling journalist now upgrading ourselves <laughs> we're, ju- almost, we're almost there we're not traveling from spot to spot like we could be no but, but we're we're gonna get there <clears throat> so i'm gonna do our outro quickly that has been our rating obviously this was a big smackdown to talk about and it's only gonna get crazier from here i get a gut feeling it's gonna get nuts from here so if you enjoyed this check out all the other reviews we have here on the youtube channel Follow us all over the social medias at BC WrestlePod for out-of-context clips, notifications on when the reviews go live. Also, check out our memes that we're slowly starting to get into, too, because we're nine guys. We have a lot of weird senses of humor, which is great. From the makers of five guys. Nine guys. Ah, <laughs> Just ch- nine and, guys. <laughs> and hopefully this week, the premiere of Chat GPT Wrestling Promos. So keep an eye out for that. Yes, I'm super excited about that. That's going to be hopeful. such a fun bit. Hopeful it's going to be a good bit. And then, if you can't commit to watch our beautiful faces for the reviews, you can now take us on the go on your favorite podcasting network because now audio versions of all the reviews are available for you as well, which is a good hey, thing. Who did who so, did the overtime to make that happen? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, well, it makes it easier because when you know what I'll tell Professor off camera. Off the camera, we, get, they don't. It's they, easy. They don't need to know the pain and heartache it is to do what we do. So make sure, and we also have a Patreon if you want to see the not available on YouTube videos like our watch alongs, and then if you want to get exclusive early access to videos that are coming up, like me and Adolfo recorded our conversation about this whole entire rock situation right before our rampage review. And if you want to see that before it goes live to the general public later, you should go subscribe to the Patreon. It's such a good idea. Uh, yeah. I would love to hear you two cry into a bowl of soup over that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. But 
from myself, the professor, Minnie, who is going to be rejoining us next week, hopefully. Hey. And the rest of the Biconics, boys. Remember, take care of yourself, love one another, and as always, stay Biconic. All the guys, gals, non-binary pals, he, she, theys, and gays of the internet. We'll see you for the next Friday Night Faction review. But until then, ta-ta for now. Thank you so much for tuning in to another Vibe Tribe production. What's going to happen next time? Well, you're going to have to tune in to find out. But until then, remember, take care of yourself, love one another, and as always, make sure that you keep the good times rolling. Thank you for being here, and we'll see you next time.